Hello, hello, and welcome back to Myths and Magic, my magical friends. It is the first episode of 2024. That's so cool. I know, I'm a few weeks late. It's like the end of January. (laughs) If you are new here, hello. My name is Lacey, and I'm so honored to welcome you to my little corner of the internet where I like to let my Norse mythology hyperfixation run wild. Uh, I explore a lot of different things as far as like retellings of saga tales. Over on Patreon, we're talking about Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman. I'm just doing a retelling of it. Um, And it's just so fascinating. The Norse mythology in general is just fascinating to me. Um, So over here, you will find a lot of just quick little episodes of topics that I enjoy or things that I've been learning through my own research, which I've been really into just high fantasy pretty much all my life. But it wasn't until maybe five years ago that I actually started getting into like viking-esque and norse mythology sort of things so i thought well since i'm still hyper fixated on all of this why don't i just talk about it on a podcast instead of bombarding my loved ones with all these facts and they really don't care about it so welcome that's my long-winded uh introduction i guess But before we begin, I do want to take some time to thank my patrons over on Patreon. Audrey and Lugo, you guys are amazing, amazing, amazing people. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world to me to have a community over there on Patreon because you guys help me do what I love to do. And if anyone here is interested in joining the Patreon community, feel free to subscribe. I'll leave the information in the show notes below. Um, You'll find some really cool things over there. Anyway, let's get on to the episode. So when we think about the term elf, there are usually one of two different imageries that flood the mind. And one of them is Santa's workshop slaves and the other is Tolkien's beautiful elf race. (laughs) Um, Let's kind of dive into that a bit because what are elves? Where did they come from? So their origins are of Norse mythology or at least Norse mythology has the oldest um, mentions of the elf race. That being said, within Norse mythology, there are two different types of elves. There are Alfar, which are elves, and there are Verger, which are land elves. And the Verger worked with metal. Um, They were the elves of ground and mountains. They interacted a lot with the Norse gods. And just based off of that definition alone, I'm sure that most of us think of dwarves when we think of what that says. So Verger refer to quote unquote small beings. Um, and it first appears in the late medieval period. It wasn't current during the Viking age. So the Scandinavian Verger weren't actually small beings, but rather the spiritual entities of the mountains, the earth, the soil, and the spirits of metal. Um, So their size could actually vary a lot. So we have land elves, and then we have 
other elves. Um, so the elves are luminous beings. They're more beautiful than the sun, is one of the quotes, uh, whose exalted status is demonstrated by their constantly being linked to the Aesir and the Vanir gods in Old Norse and Old English poetry. The lines between elves and other spiritual beings, such as the gods, giants, dwarves, and land spirits, are pretty blurry, and it seems unlikely that the heathen Germanic people themselves made any cold, systematic distinctions between these various groupings. These people weren't the type of people to categorize the way that we do today. So like categorizing different entities into uh, a main category seems a little more plausible in my opinion. It's especially hard to discern the boundary that distinguishes the elves from the Vanir gods and goddesses. The Vanir god Freyr is the lord of the elves' homeland Alfheim, and at least one Old Norse poem repeatedly uses the word elves to designate the veneer. Still, other sources do speak of the elves and the veneer as being distinct categories of beings, such that a simple identification of the two would be misguided. Uh, in the prose Edda translated by Jackson Crawford, there's a quote that says, he had to go to the black elves and get them to make sif a head of hair made of gold that would grow like other hair. After that, Loki went to the dwarves who were named the sons of Ivaldi. So are black elves and dwarves the same thing? Are they overlapping? <laughs> this was kind of like the point where I was getting to where I was like, okay, I have so many questions now because there are these land elves and then there are elves. And I'm guessing that land elves live in a different area, a different world per se, given Norse mythology and the nine worlds. So there's a place called Elfholm, as also known as Alfheim. The people who are called the light elves dwell there, but dark elves dwell further down in the earth and they are not alike in their appearance and even less so in their activities. The light elves are more beautiful than the sun, but the dark elves are blacker than ink. I started thinking about this and listen, the prose Edda is written by Snorri. And Snorri Sturluson was a uh, Christian monk, if I'm not mistaken. If he's translating things and writing out the prose Edda, then more than likely there's going to be a lot of like Christian reflections in the depictions of certain things um, and a lot of Christianity influence into the prose Edda. That being said, light elves... I think are the Christian belief in angels. They lived in Josalfheim, which is known as the realm of light, or aka heaven. So the association between elves and dwarves may have been a fusion occurring in Iceland in the 9th or 10th century. The Virgar, which are the like land elves, remember? The dark elves, the dwarves, whatever you want to call them, 
uh, may have originally been a specific type of entity of the land, referring to the mountains, rocks, metals, and fertility of the soils, which is not very different from the conception of an elf. Although the elves, the Alfar, uh, seem to have been a broader term to designate several different entities that reside within the landscape that humans have a more direct connection with and generally receive something beneficial from, which may indeed place the Verger as a type of elf. So our dark elves, the dwarves that are vulnerable to sunlight? <laughs> um... And I asked this question because of the story of Alvismal, who is a dwarf named Allwise, who visits the home of Thor with the intent to marry his daughter. And I actually have the poetic Edda um, translated by Jackson Crawford. I'm just going to read this story really quickly. I th it's a fun story. Anything that involves Thor is just hilarious to me. So. Let's go ahead and talk about Alvis Small. Always said, get the benches ready. Now I'm coming home with a bride in tow. It may not seem likely to others around me, but I won't sleep when I get home. Thor said, who is this man? Why are you so pale around the nostrils? Did you spend the night with a corpse? It seems to me you have a monster's appearance. You have no business seeking a bride. Always said, I am named Allwise. I live beneath the earth on my underground estate. I came to visit you, Thor, Lord of the Goat Chariot. No one will make me retract my words. Thor said, I will decide that since I am the bride's father, and it's I who gets to say about her. I was not home when she was promised to you. The girl is my daughter and a goddess. Allwise said, Who is this man who speaks for the beautiful lady? You scoundrel. Probably no one would defend you. Who gave you those rings that you wear? Thor said, I am named Thor. I'm a wide-traveled man and son of long-bearded Odin. If I don't consent, you'll never get the girl. You'll stay unmarried forever. Allwise said, I'd like to have your consent, and I'd certainly like the bride. I would rather have her than have to live without that girl who's lovely as snow. Thor said, This girl's love will never be yours, my clever guest, if you dare to leave this house without telling me what I want to know about every realm. Tell me, Allwise, since I think you know everything about everyone, dwarf, what is the earth called that people walk on in every world? Allwise said, Men call it earth, the Aesir call it soil, the Vanir call it road, giants call it green, elves call it grower, high gods call it clay. Thor said, tell me always, since I think you know everything about everyone, dwarf, what do they call the sky swirling above us in every world? Always said, humans call it heaven, the Aesir call it windland, the Vanir call it windmaker, the giants call it upworld, Elves say the high roof, dwarves say the drip house. So you see, there's a distinction between the Vanir and the elves and the dwarves. So it's kind of interesting. Anyway, I'll just continue. Thor said, tell me always, since I think you know everything about everyone dwarf, what do they call the moon? It's easy to see in every world. Always said, humans call it moon, gods say changer, 
In Hell, they call it the Turning Wheel. The Giants call it Hurry. Dwarves call it Shiny. And Elves say Year Counter. And so they go on and on all through the night. And essentially, Thor is just <laughs> killing time in order to keep him out until sunrise so that he turns to stone. Um, because apparently that's what happens when dwarves or land spirits stay out until sunrise, they'll turn into stone. So <laughs> I just found that that passage interesting with the distinction between the Vanir, the elves, and the dwarves. In Iceland, the elves were called the hidden people. Uh, and according to this belief, the hidden people are just like us, only slightly taller, thinner, and more beautiful. J.R.R. Tolkien was actually influenced by Icelandic sagas and Norse mythology regarding the depiction of elves, which there's not a lot, but there is when it comes to the Icelandic sagas, um, and especially with the Prose Edda translated or written by Snorri Sturluson with that Christianity influence, I guess I can say, um, into the depiction of what elves look like, very angelic beings. And so, yeah, the genesis or the creation story of the elves is that God was coming to visit Adam and Eve. Eve was washing their children before the visit to make them presentable. And she did not finish before God knocked on the door, so she hid the rest of the children. And when God found out what Eve had done, he declared, What man hides from God, God will hide from man. So that's how the hidden people came to be. Video games like Elder Scrolls and God of War have run with the idea of separate elf races as well. So it feels as though the elf mythos has become something of its own entirely. It's really cool to see such different perspectives of race we don't have much information on in mainstream media. Given their ability to produce exquisite objects and their knowledgeable, somewhat enchanted nature, we could suppose that elves and dwarves occupied an intermediate place between gods and men. Uh, they have survived in modern folklore as part of the hoodoo folk. Uh, or the hidden peoples. Elves and dwarves were probably seen as interchangeable, belonging to the large family of spirits populating a world seen as much richer than what the naked eye could grasp. As Norsemen did not share our passion for clear categories, like I said earlier, it is also worth bearing in mind that they might have had different ideas about these beings than the images presented in folktales now. It could be an interesting change of perspective now for those of you who rewatch Lord of the Rings to imagine what Legolas would look like if he were similar to Gimli. And that's all I've got for you today. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and <laughs> I still have so many questions in regards to elves. So what do you think? Like, is this, did you know some of these things or are you kind of learning about it too? <laughs> Anyway, so until next time, I will talk to you next time. Stay magical, my friends.